You know, Jesus said something that should stop all of us in our tracks. It happened in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I tell you, I don't know about you, but that that statement rocks me, stops me, and says, wow, I want to grow my faith. And I think you probably are with me that if there's something you'd want to do, you'd want to develop and mature your faith, no matter where you are. Maybe you've been a believer for a long time, or maybe you're just getting to know who Jesus Christ is, just contemplating a little bit of the idea that he said, if we could believe him, that all things are possible to him who believes. And for me, that means that God, we can grow our faith, we can develop our faith, and we can see what we used to think the impossible breakthrough for the impossible. So this is the promise of today's Be Healed podcast, and I want to welcome you to listening to the podcast. It is a ministry of the Gospel Mission Network. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and I am passionate about God's promise to heal you. The Word of God is extremely clear that it is God's will for you and I to be healed, not of some sicknesses and diseases, but of all of them. The Bible teaches in Mark chapter 8, verse 17, that Jesus took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. So in the Be Healed podcast, we are here to help build your faith. You'll find interviews and testimonies and teachings all aimed to build you up with a strong biblical foundation so your faith can be strong. Because if your faith is strong, all things are going to be possible for you. And I want to celebrate that the Be Healed podcast has now been heard in over 160 countries. And we are excited and thankful for you who are listening. And we encourage you to share this podcast. Get the word out. There are too many suffering people who need to hear the healing promises of Jesus Christ. And with me today, I have who has become a good friend of mine. His name is Dale Everett. And I knew when I first met Dale that he was going to be a blessing to my life. And I got to listen to him preach and minister. I, I've seen him minister to the sick, lay hands on the sick. And I want to tell you, the anointing of God is operating in Dale. So when he's about to share today a faith, you're getting a man who has been ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ with signs and wonders literally for decades. Men like Dr. Lester Sumrall and R.W. Schombach have attested to his anointing and, and to his ministry. He is ministering all over the globe, and he has seen mass numbers of people become healed. This is not just a teacher. This is a practitioner. And that's why I'm so excited not only to be in relationship with Dale, but to allow him to be able to bless you today on the Be Healed podcast. So, Dale, I, I am so thankful for uh, having you as my friend and having you also as my co-laborer and to be uh, having you just on this podcast to share. I know that you've got a, a depth uh, and breadth of knowledge and experience. So welcome to the Be Healed podcast, my brother. Hey, thank you so much. It's a distinct honor to be on the podcast today. I've been looking forward to this ever since we first discussed it. And I so deeply respect the grace of God and the anointing of God that is so obvious in your life and uh, in the various facets of ministry that you uh, that you function in. They are uh, life-changing, they're encouraging, and they're impacting the world. And that's really what the gospel is all about. It's supernatural. It's, it's actually beyond us. 
Mm. God uses us. And so sometimes we're in the picture then because of that. But when anyone really gets what's going on, uh, they know that, uh, well, we are carriers of this anointing and we are ministers of grace. Uh, it's really Jesus, Jesus. And then, of course, it's Jesus that makes all these things truly work. Amen. You know, what I what I love about meeting people with your experience is there's always a journey. There's always yeah. a process because all of us started off not knowing this Jesus you're speaking about. Yeah. We didn't know this Jesus. We didn't know the gospel. We didn't know the supernatural power of God. So could you talk with us a little bit? What was your personal journey um, in discovering that Jesus and the gospel are actually supernatural. They're not just some kind of man-made philosophy, but 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 the gospel's living and powerful. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, one of the things that I firmly believed, and you mentioned uh, Brother Shambach, R.W. Shambach, I uh, planted a church on his property, and I did also various things, and one of them was to teach in that, what he called the Gospel School of Ministry for Leaders, that we would do three times a year. And I know that uh, what his prerequisite for to have a guest teacher in, which was my heartbeat and thought as well, is that the gospel is never only in proclamation, but also in demonstration. So, uh, in fact, Brother Schambach was of this attitude, is if you can teach something, but you can't do it, then we really don't need you here. Uh, and so if you're going to talk to us about soul winning, let's see win some souls and 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 let's move forward. And if it's, if it's going to be the word of knowledge, then he says, then I want to I want to see it expressed, not just biblically thought out. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, the, the, the grace of God came to me. And in fact, if I can if I can back up on it, because a lot of times people think of uh, when did your ministry start? And they're thinking about the first time you had the spotlight on you or you know what I mean, or the first time you opened your mouth to preach, if that's what your ministry is. Or the, and what people don't realize it is that it's the background that brings you to that point. That is the basis of it and so important to understand uh, because folks that uh, may look at folks uh, like you and me and say, wow, I want, I feel the call of God like that within my heart. Uh, where do I jump in? And they want to jump in uh, from when we first stepped on a platform. But the Holy Spirit does an incredible amount of work in us to bring us to that point where we could step up on that platform. Uh, and I'm going to tell you that I uh, it's something I believe biblically, but now I have evidence of it within my life. Uh, uh, my my wife, I've told my wife and, and others also repetitively that I live with a huge sense of destiny. I, I don't live with a sense of, oh, uh, I've studied a lot. I got my act together. I've learned some skills. Uh, and no, no, it's way beyond that. It's a, it's a compelling of the gospel that burned within my soul. And and I remember when I first started traveling and I was 15, I started traveling in ministry in, in 1971. Uh, and I was I was out for a summer because I was still in high school, so I would I'd travel in the Midwest mostly of the U.S. Uh, and uh, and one of my aunts, uh, who was quite elderly at that time, at near the end of her run, uh, she had been a, a a lady, a girl that was bedridden for 22 years. She had mm. a variety of of tumors in her lungs. And, uh, and at that day, and I don't know, maybe even possibly in this state, there wasn't a surgical answer for her or much of a medical answer for her. So bedridden for so long, it brought back from death's door time after time by saints that prayed. And, uh, and when she got healed, completely healed, she became the youth leader in my home church. Now, we're talking, when I say youth leader, we're talking, my mom and dad was in the youth group and they weren't married. <laughs> if I, so we're, we're, 
where we're as far as the timeline is concerned, we're really going back. I mean, you know, my yeah. mom would have been in her teenage years, you wow. know, uh, and uh, my father went on to be with the Lord at uh, at eighty nine years of age a few years ago. So we're talking quite a while back. But anyhow, the youth group at that time in my home church, to put it in my aunt's words, was anything but an on fire group. Uh, they basically came to church because, you know, it was a routine or their parents required them to come, that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, some of them were born again, but n- not too much out of it uh, beyond that. And she was, of course, you know, you get healed of something. You've been bedridden for 22 years. You've got a passion in your soul for who Jesus is. She had such a passion for the group, and she, she'd fast, pray, and believe God for a turnaround with this group. But what happened was that one night the Lord gave her an inner vision. And in that vision, she saw the platform of my whole ch- of my home church filled with uh, with ministers of the gospel. Some of them had clothes uh, that indicated they were missionaries, and uh, the clothing of the lands that they came from. Others were evangelists, and others were pastors. And she saw them on that stage, and she asked, "Lord, what am I looking at?" And he said, "These are the ministries that are going to come out of this church." Wow. Well, while she was watching that service play out in front of her eyes, a child got injured in the congregation. And, and she said, I saw a man get up, leave the stage, go down and lay hands on the child, and it was healed. And the Lord said to her, and out of this church will come a strong divine healing ministry. Now, uh, when I was out traveling, this had been years, years, years since she had uh, that vision. So, you know, sometimes you kind of, it's in the background. It's not like every day you're thinking about that anymore. And and here we, they had a service in my home church and there were 30 some people sitting on the stage that had gone out from that church now in ministry because that church had really turned around and had quite revival. And my aunt called my father and she said, when Dale gets back home, I want him to come to my house. And, uh, and I did, uh, she was, she was still functional as far as being able to get out some, but not like, you know, she was well aged, let's put it that way there will be on my present years. And, and I'm, I'm 67 and holding on to that date all the way to the end of <laughs> July. <laughs> but, but she looked me in the eye and she told me the vision and she said, and she looked right at me. She says, Dale, you're the man I saw that came off that stage. I saw you before your mom and dad were married long before you were conceived. So uh, I will tell you this, that from early childhood on, see, and I didn't have that information not until I was, you know, like I said, about 16 is when she told me that. But from the time I was five, six, seven years of age, I had such a burn in my soul toward divine healing. The passion of divine healing was strong within me. I, I remember, like, for example, as a child, again, uh, Sunday morning, we're preparing for church. And uh, on one of the three broadcast television stations that you had on black and white TV back in those days in the 60s, <laughs> uh, I would watch some TV before we left to go to church. Uh, and while most kids would have been watching a cartoon or something like that, I would watch Oral Roberts and the old black and white tent meetings, the, black, the, 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 the television black and white tent meetings. And I would sit there and we're talking about as a child, I'm talking about five, six years of age, seven years of age. And I would just weep as I would watch the ministry of healing to the sick. So that thing was birthed within me. And from that, uh, that, that design of the most high comes a propensity to hear, to grasp, to understand. So I'm going to 
I'm going to let you speak a little bit in this now, but can I say something directly to our listeners? For you, that divine healing is not just a theological matter or, or, or it's not just a curiosity. What you find within you, there's something that burns within you when you see a sick person. Uh, it's more than just pity. It's a compassion. You want to bring healing to them. Maybe you're even feeling frustrated because you don't know how. How do I release my faith? That's what podcasts like this are all about. For us to talk with you about how to take that, which is designed and birthed in you by the Holy Spirit. It is the design of the Most High. It's your spiritual DNA. How do you how do you mature that or how do you grow, move forward in that? And so these are the kind of things I'd like to talk about. But for me, when you say hi, in the early days, what was it like? Well, it was it was in me before I was conceived. You know, that's yeah. Jeremiah. I, I, I knew you, you know, uh, as you were formed in your mother's womb. So, uh, I, and you know, Samuel, as a child of old, uh, picked that up. Good. I, I want to pick up this idea that you're talking about DNA, um, the DNA of the believer, the DNA of the faith. Um, I was recently, um, well, not too recently, but not too long ago, I was ministering at a church and I asked the congregation if a child, if a little child, a small child, an adolescent child uh, can hold an oak tree, can they carry an oak tree? And everybody in the congregation pretty much says, no, that's impossible. So I asked another question. I said, well, can the same young child carry an acorn? And they said, oh, yes. And we were kind of discussing the idea that, you know, all of the complexity and strength and um, impressiveness of an oak tree is actually already in the acorn. Yes. And I think that that's who we are. That's what we're like in Christ. We become born or begotten of his spirit. And we may look like acorns, um, but actually the tree of life is within us. And now it's a matter of cultivating that and, and bringing that out. And so from that perspective, I'd like to talk with you about and ask you about where faith comes from, because if it is indeed in our DNA that we, we, we were made to glorify God, we were made yes. to uh, operate in the works of Jesus as his hands and feet. And, and you and I believe that's for everyone. That's not just for the specially called. That's right. That's for everyone. Now, that's right. there's different assignments that God has, sure. but still on some level there, we're, we're called to glorify God. So <laughs> if it's in our DNA, um, how could we begin to, I guess, identify how to cultivate it or where does it even come from? You okay. know, how, how do if we're made for it, we have to start somewhere. Or ha- yeah, maybe you can un- unpack that a little bit. All right. So uh, let me let me say it in a in a couple of ways. Uh, first of all, we should understand that the reason why that we believe in divine healing, the reason why that's in our spiritual DNA, is because of who we are born of. We're born of of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, his seed was placed within us, and. When you look at the scriptures, you what you have is an unfolding revelation of the person of Christ. And, and so you see that from cover to cover within the word of God. And I know that there are some people who 
they kind of, they want to separate divine healing from the personage of Christ himself. They, well, they look at that as something that Jesus does. Well, he can heal. And then others will say, well, that was something he did at one point in time for a purpose, but now that purpose is no longer valid. And so now we uh, we don't have miraculous healing. We only have doctors or things of that nature. And they try to tell us that that's how God is healing today. And we appreciate doctors and what they do, but there's a difference between the work of the cross and and, and the, oh, I'm going to use the, the word in an appropriate fashion, the, the wonderful work that a man might be able to do uh, for a, a man or a woman or a child uh, medically. Uh, but what we find is this, is in the Old Testament, when Israel had left the land of bondage, they had passed through the Red Sea. They came out the other side. And when they did, uh, and the waters closed up on the Egyptians, uh, Israel uh, had a, a moment of divine revelation of God. Uh, and, and because God is so amazing and so big, you can never grasp them all in one moment. It, I don't care how deep your revelation has been. He's so much more than what you've had. But so when he reveals himself, you must always understand what you've received is truth, but not all the truth, because there's so much more about him than what mm. you've presently known. But one of the things that you find in scripture is that God will identify himself to a people by name. And in that name, uh, and it's not a title like this is Joe, this is Fred. Okay, now we're not confused. If we want to call Joe, we, we say Joe and Joe comes. That's not what names are in scripture. They are, they are literal descriptions of an aspect of one's nature. All right. And so God came to Israel of old as they passed through that Red Sea. And what they had seen up to that point was God coming, uh, it, just like they've heard, but it's been 400 years they've been hearing a deliverer is going to come. God's going to set us free, you know? And so I, I wonder how much of a reality it even had had come to them, almost like people who can hardly believe Jesus really is coming back again. It's mm. been so long since we've heard the story that he's coming back again. But it happened now, and God has come to town. And But when he came to town, I got to tell you what, it was a little unnerving because he's cleaning someone's clock every time he comes. <laughs> you got more frogs than you can eat frog legs off of. You got uh, more <laughs> lights than you can scratch for. You know, I mean, this is, and now they've just seen the firstborn of every, human and animal die that wasn't covered by the blood and mm. they pass through the Red Sea. And when they do, they see the Egyptian army floating on top because they tried to pass through the Red Sea too, but they couldn't do it and they died out there. And you may look at that and say, well, our God is a mighty deliverer, but you might be a little nervous hanging around that guy. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like a Doberman pincher. They're very pretty, but do you really want to put your hand out and pet them? I'm not too yeah. sure. Okay. And that yeah. might have been the way they felt because the way he addressed them was in, uh, in Exodus 15, 26, when he said, you know, if you'll follow my commandments, keep my statutes and so on. He said, I'll put none, now those, watch him position himself. I'll put none of these diseases upon you, which yeah. are brought upon the Egyptians. For, and here he goes, for I am the Lord. Thy God that healeth thee. Right? Amen. According to good King James, because I'm an old guy that grew up with the King James. And we all know, uh, at least those of us that are, are even minor Bible students, that he actually proclaimed his name there, which was he, what he said was, I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord yeah. who healed. Then we understood something that healing is not something that we just believe into existence or pray for, and God decides whether he wants to do or not. Uh, if healing is not something that phased out at some point in time, like when the apostles died or when the scriptures were canonized, as some people tell us, healing is part of the DNA of God. His name reveals not what he can do, but who he is. Yeah, and when wow. he said, I am Jehovah Rapha, then I understood something, that this is who he is at all times. Mm. And, and that means when I believe, when I don't believe, before I met him, he was this, I didn't believe him into this. And, and he doesn't become this if I have great faith. He's already this. So, uh, so I'm going to tell you that the object of faith is always Christ. 
if you want, listen, for anyone that's listening, you say, well, I want greater faith or I want faith that excels. Great. Then let me show you where it's at. You, you don't want to say I'm going to have faith for healing or faith for a car or faith for, you know, a, a retirement account or, or whatever. What you do is you find faith in him. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He said mm -hmm. from beginning to end. And then Hebrews tells us that not only did he create everything by the word of his power, but he everything is upheld or sustained by the word of his power. So some people say, well, at the end we win, but that's not true. Uh, that's really not true. I mean, we do, but that's not really true. It, it, we won from the beginning. God told Adam, you know, I, I've heard Christians say all my life, you know, I read the end of the book and uh, we won. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't you read the front of the book? <laughs> the, the, the front of the book, he told Adam in the garden how this was going to play out. Yes. He did. He said, Satan's head's going to be crushed. In other words, all yeah. right. So there is a battle. There's a, a walkthrough moment, but he, but we're walking in victory. We're not walking what I hope it turns out well in the end. And we're not even walking with it. Well, in the end, it'll be okay. It's actually okay right now. Praise God. So when it comes to faith, here's what I believe, which is, is something that I think people can understand, but I don't know how commonly it's thought. I don't believe that we as believers are, I'm going to use this word, language, manufacturers of faith. All right. Because it seems to be that faith is kind of either it's taught or this is how most people understand it, that faith is the result of proper and intense believing. So what you need to do is you need to believe. Believe the promise, believe God's word, uh, believe the prophet or whatever. You know, you got to believe and you got to really believe. And you got to believe long and hard and you can't doubt. If you doubt just a little bit, you cancel the whole baby. Now you got to start all over again, you know. Uh, so you got to believe, 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 and then really believe. And when you do, you'll break forth into faith and a miracle is going to happen. And that's just the opposite of what the scripture teaches. Actually, believing does not precede faith. It follows faith. It is faith believing. Because he has revealed himself mm. and unmasked who he is in my heart, mm. faith was imparted to me in that moment. Faith, now listen how the scripture talks about it. I don't think that we, in other words, I don't believe we come up with faith, build up our faith, and then offer it to him, and he does something miraculous with it. I think it's just the opposite. He reveals himself, and in that revelation, he imparts faith unto us. Okay, biblically, you'll always see that faith is something that's being transmitted uh, from heaven to earth, not the other way around. Uh, the Bible wow. says, so then faith comes. Yes. Romans 10, faith comes. And it says by hearing. And then it says, and hearing by the word of God, which is a person, not a sermon. Amen. The word of God, the rhema of God is what Jack Lee said there. So faith comes as he speaks to us. His word creates faith in me. And then out of that, I end up believing something. Genesis chapter 15 is just bursting here for me when you're speaking this, because it illustrates what you're, you're, you're speaking about. So we have uh, the history in Genesis about Abraham, and he's called the father right, of faith. And Genesis 15, verse 1 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. This was prior to his name, Abraham, being right. uh, developed. So he was originally Abram. And he comes to him in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, yes. your exceedingly great reward. This is monumental. God is showing Abram who he is. Yes. And he's offering himself, not something that he will do, but he's offering his very self 
as the reward. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. What's interesting is later in verse 6, it says, speaking about Abram, and he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So it seems to me that what you're saying is illustrated by this encounter with God and Abram, because Abram is responding That's right. to what God has already revealed and preceded. He's revealing himself, and Abram's responding, well, therefore, I now see you. Yes. I discern you. Very, very powerful. And, and right. I think we can constantly find the pattern, even the coming of Jesus Christ in the natural, in the likeness of man, is that we may behold the glory of God. Exactly. And we're responding to this word. Yes. Well, we're familiar with the passage that Paul wrote when he said, for by grace are you saved uh, through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. So no one can boast about it. I, I often like to say, but we can sure shout about it, but we can't, we can't boast about it. All right? but, but, but when you look again at that passage, I'm talking about how faith comes now, because that was part of the original question. How does it come? Does it come into being by my intense believing? Does it come into being by my fasting, praying, reading the word, only thinking positive thoughts? Absolutely not. Now, it may come to me that way, but I don't manufacture in that way, because I'm not a manufacturer. I'm a receiver of faith. And so he says it's by grace you are saved. And actually, we could put a period right there because that's a complete thought and full truth, all right? Uh, we're not, we all get it that it's by grace. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done or any other such thing, but, but by grace. But then he, tell, then he brings the faith aspect in, into this picture. And he says it's by grace you are saved through faith, faith. all right? So in other words, uh, and then he says, and that's not of yourself. In other words, listen to this, the faith to grasp what grace has done is not of yourself because grace provided for our new birth before we believed. It wasn't after we believed, after we apprenticed, God said, all right, I'll have mercy on you. And No, no, he, he had mercy and he did what he did for the salvation of all of mankind. Well, before any of us that would be listening to this podcast uh, were even born. All right. I mean, the, the uh, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. And then we mark it as a, a little over 2,000 years ago where the blood was shed and in that new birth was opened up unto us. So we were included in the beloved. Uh, we, we, we were in the heart and the mind of God uh, at that particular point. But so grace has made the provision. I got to tell you, that's true about all the aspects of God. There's nothing that we earn or achieve to come to, to arrive at a, at a place with God. We must get that. We must or we'll put ourselves always into self condemnation because we'll realize that we don't measure up. We'll be saying stuff like, well, I don't have enough faith or my faith isn't strong enough or my faith isn't big enough. Well, that's not an issue. It's not an issue because listen, here's how it came down. I tell people the greatest gift you've ever received was the gift of new birth. And when I hear people say statements like, well, I came to him in faith and he saved me, I realize then they have forgotten the day of their salvation because the truth was the people came just like me. I didn't come in faith. I came in sin. I came blind, bankrupt, and completely void of anything that would qualify me for the kingdom. But when I came to him, he became unto me everything I needed for my unrighteousness. He gave me his righteousness. Where I had no faith, he became the author of my faith. Mm. And so the scripture says that's by grace you saved through faith. And then he says, and that's not of yourself. 
But what's not of yourself? The grace? Well, true, but that's not what the text is talking about. Uh, the text, the thesis there, what's being said, if you even understand just grammar, he's saying this, that the faith that you're accessing grace by is not of yourself. It's a gift of God. So how does faith come? Well, it, it comes by hearing and hearing by him. He speaks into our life. It creates faith in us. So for people who say, well, I need more faith or I want more faith or how does faith come? I'll tell you how it comes. It comes from getting to God. It comes from having uh, a, a biblically sound experience with the voice of the Almighty. It's where he takes. Uh, and if you need faith in a specific area, say, well, I need faith for my marriage, or I need faith for a miracle of healing, or whatever it is you're doing, then here's what, uh, Pastor Steve, here's what I do. I actually go to the scriptures to find out what he says about that stuff. I don't go to him and say, this is what I need, here's the problem, and here's what I think you should do about it. What I do is I go to the Word of God, and I say, all right, where has he spoken of this thing? Uh, is it, and also, is it a covenant promise? Is it a promise of God? Or, or maybe I'm just looking for a setting in Scripture where I see him doing the thing that I need to have done within my life. And then I bow before him, uh, and I say to him, that this is, I says, this is the problem we're dealing with, and this is, the, this is what you said in your Word that you do. And then I pause and say, can we meet here? Mm. Can we meet here? Would you speak to me? These things, it's not that I don't believe these things. I see them right in your word, but I need something more than my belief. I need to have a created faith, faith to come to me by your spoken word, your rhema. And out of that encounter with God comes this incredible change. You reference Abram when he had to change uh, the name change from Abram to Abraham. And Romans 4 gives us a wonderful description about it. And it, it tells us how that Abram had entered the presence of God. Uh, and it says, and I quote now this, uh, it says, and before him whom he believed. In other words, mm -hmm. before the presence of God, before the very one that he believed, he said, who, uh, who quickens the dead, uh, and in other words, brings forth life. And then he says, and he, sp and he spoke of those things that were not as though they were, which almost sounds like a riddle. But what Abram was doing is he, he, he wanted to have an Isaac and uh, I wanted to have a son. And he gets into the presence of God. And what he does, he says, he brings life to everything that had died. Because Abraham was now 99 years old. His wife was in her 90s. And then, but here's an interesting thing. He says that when God spoke of this, he didn't say to Abram, you can still do it, buddy. Hang in there. I got confidence. I know you're 99. Don't worry about it. You know, you've got one more left in yet. No, no, he doesn't say that. Abram says, he's talking about this like it's already done. Mm. When he heard God speak of it, God didn't speak in a futuristic sense. Yes. He speaks of it as what was accomplished. And so when Abram comes out of that moment, he has the name change from Abram to Abraham, which means Abraham, as we all know, means the father of many nations. Yes. All right? And this was not after the conception or birth of Isaac. This is after the moment in the presence of him who creates faith within us. Mm. And he saw him and he heard him and he heard him address the very thing he was he was struggling with, and the result was that he says, he's, it's, already, it's already settled. He says, God's talking about this thing like it's, when I heard him talk about it, it's like it's already done. It's done. It's already done. And so uh, that creates faith because faith is always now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen.
You know, Dale, we were looking at, and for those who may be listening and wondering where that beautiful scripture is about the idea that we're saved by grace, that's Ephesians chapter 2, okay. verses 8 and 9 to go and look at. And you're describing this idea that, you know, faith is not manufactured, and it's something that actually is being cultivated by God. Mm-hmm. It's something that is being given by God. And there's something that is interesting in the text you were mentioning in Romans chapter 4. Now, some may say that this is just semantics, but I don't think so. It says that in uh, chapter 4, verse 20 of Romans, speaking about Abraham concerning his faith, Mm -hmm. it says he did not waver at the Mm -hmm. promise of God through unbelief. Yes. It says but was strengthened in faith. Yes. Now, it doesn't say that he strengthened his own faith. It's as if something was happening to him, for him, as he was responding properly to this God who spoke. That there's almost like the grace was working in Abraham's life, that he's accepted this, it's finished, you've spoken about it, and there's this stabilizing, there's this authoring going on, that God is um, able to strengthen Abraham because Abraham was willing. Uh, does Does that speak to what you're saying? Maybe you could speak about this a little bit. Yeah, it, it does. And you know, the, the rest of that verse says that he was he, he was growing strong in faith, which is an amazing statement when you realize that this is God speaking of Abraham. All right, so let me let me explain what I mean by that. I have people come to me lots of times and tell me how big their faith is. And, and even a common uh, statement is, I've got all the faith in the world. I remember, I remember a young man in Buffalo, New York, came to me one time, and he said, uh, in reference, he needed to be healed. And he said, listen, I've got all the faith in the world. If I don't get healed, it's not my fault. All right. So I thought, wow. First of all, you don't need to start bringing self-condemnation and fault into this picture anywhere at all. But maybe you don't quite have the faith you think you got to start out with. Yes. All right. Uh, but uh, but what the scripture says is uh, uh, in, in that in that specific passage, and 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 for by grace you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Go a little farther in that. Read that. Read the the end part of that. What you were just yeah. referring to. Yeah, it says. Uh, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, okay. but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, That's verse 21, it. and being fully convinced fully. Yes. that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, Good. it was accounted to him for righteousness. All right. So when it says he was strengthened in faith, the next phrase shows you how that was happening, giving glory to God. Mm. So instead of trying to get the answers to all the questions, instead of trying to figure the thing out, what he was doing was he was entering the glory. Mm. You see that? And in the presence of the glory, as he's glorifying God, as he's, as he's honoring him. And I know, I know the difference in my life. I can study, I can research, uh, I can get sound doctrine, I can believe, I can examine my heart. All that is true and something that could be practiced and should be practiced in Christian life. But whenever I'm in a place where worship is being explosive, all right? There's something that happens in the atmosphere of worship, Mm. and it can happen in the atmosphere of your spirit, and it can also happen in a corporate atmosphere where we are in a home or a church or whatever, where, where where there's height and praise and where there's deep worship. When that takes place, what happens is everything that God is starts rising up within us and we experience you want to grow in your faith be a worshiper of him not not a not a critic of him praise god 
you know, worship is a response, just like we're talking about in faith. Faith comes from him. And then maybe we'll talk about it in another podcast, but then it's also released by us. There's that which he gives, and there's that which we do that brings us into harmony with him. Uh, but we must, but you got to have it first before you can really release it. And worship, <laughs> and worship is similar in that way. Worship is not having a euphoric moment when you hear your favorite gospel tune. All right. Uh, uh, worship isn't just the motions of lifting of a hand uh, or, or expressing uh, phrases of praise. Worship is a response. Uh, it's when he reveals himself and we recognize his worth and then we respond according to that. And if the response is proper, and the proper response, which would be not to reject him, but to embrace him, this comes forth as worship. And so, yes. yeah, I can often, I can tell a lot about a person for their depth in Christ, not by how many scriptures they can quote or how how much of an audience they've had in front of them, but I just watch them in worship. And if their mm. worship is very shallow, I realize yeah. that the revelation of the king is very shallow. They may be a great student of the book, but they've not had much time with the author. Yes, yes. This is this is very very powerful. We have we have tapped something here as we're as we're speaking about this because um, eventually we're going to come to the place of do we truly see Jesus? Do we have we truly encountered Him? Mm -hmm. um, and then to what degree have we encountered him? And I think what you're sharing is something very weighty, very relevant and important for all of us, because we cannot believe God beyond the revelation that's we right. have received of God. That's right. And I mean, that's at the heart of our conversation today. Yeah. If, if I only know a little bit about the Lord, then that's the level that my faith will be encouraged. Yeah, or even function if, it. Yeah. yeah, if I if I behold him, it, and, and what you're saying is powerful, it's not a mental agreement. It's a full depth of something that touches my inwards. Mm -hmm. My inner parts, my inward parts, rather, my it's going to the very fabric of my being. And I think that this is what a lot of the people we read about in the scriptures who have great faith exploits, it wasn't that they studied faith, but rather that they communed, mm -hmm. they, they enjoyed the fellowship they were with God. And, and I've got I've to bring this up. David, who we know as King David, mm -hmm. was really just Shepherd David. Mm -hmm. um, the, the David, the little boy, the runt of the litter, the, 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 the one that nobody paid, even his dad didn't pay attention to him. Mm -hmm. um, and he was in the fields. But it's, I've often thought, you know, David didn't have faith studies the right. way we do in the Christian church today. Sure. Yeah. Yet he and he alone stepped over the line to defeat Goliath. And, and it occurred to me, wait, he was a worshiper. Yes. 
He was a songwriter. Mm -hmm. He spent so many hours with God in the shepherd fields under the stars. And I thought to myself, God, and, 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 and thinking, God, he was a worshiper and he was a warrior. His faith didn't come because he said, I must try to white knuckle this and believe God more. Right. It, it was birthed out of intimacy with God. That's true. And we see this culminated when he was not even king yet, coronated king yet, not even ruling, but he's playing an instrument, mm -hmm. a stringed instrument, and the tormenting demons right. departed from Saul merely because of his worship. Yeah. So, so very powerful what you're sharing. Yeah. Well, you know, everything hinges on Christ. We must remember that it's all about Jesus for from him and through him and to him are all things. So whenever uh, and every whenever any part of our life or our belief doesn't have him as the center pin, it never seems to make sense. So, you know, I have people say to me, well, I believe in divine healing, just like you believe in divine healing. I tell them, well, that's nice. And you can die that way. Uh, <laughs> what you need to have is an encounter with the healer. Amen. Rather than just a proper theology, and God knows having a proper theology is very helpful. We sure don't want yeah. to have bad theology about it, but that alone is not going to produce the cure. So That's right. It is. And so I think that a person can only connect with God to the degree in which Christ is revealed to them. Yes. And then, and same thing as far as accessing the things of the kingdom or the dimension of the power of the kingdom. It all hinges on the one who is the door. And that door is Christ Jesus. He is the one, not a one. He is the one. So you got to have a revelation of him. And if you're dealing with an issue, you need a revelation of him in keeping with the issue that you're dealing That's with. Right. Whether it's a That's problematic right. issue or whether it's an issue of just wanting to go to higher levels in God. That's right. It all, it all hinges around him. Dale, why don't you um, help bring us to a close today and maybe share some last remarks of encouragement to those right now who, who need an encounter with God. Maybe they've been in church for years, but they've never met somebody like you, or they're not around people that even speak about encounter with God. And, and maybe you could follow that by just, just flowing from there right into praying for those okay. who are listening. Well, the key to having an encounter with God, because here's here's the thing about God. God, so let me show you a little, or speak a little truism to you. Uh, I say kind of like this: God is always out to reveal Himself. Satan is always out to conceal Himself. Hmm. Because Satan's always his kingdom is typified in darkness and confusion is shrouded in that way, but not God's kingdom. Hmm. God's kingdom is that of light. It is of revelation. And so, here's what you want to know up front about God: that He's ready. And he's looking for that moment in which he can fully reveal himself to you. So it's not like you got to qualify for this or talk God into it. God's, God, he's, he's hanging out right now saying, come on, when are you going to let me? When are you going to let me open your eyes? You know, I mean, when are you going to be willing to look to me, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? All right. And I know there are times, because this happens in more than one way. People, it's not like just one type of experience is the only right. qualified experience. Look at the Apostle Paul. He had a revelation of Jesus, and it doesn't seem to me to be that he was really kind of seeking Jesus. He got knocked off his horse, you know, and but and and onto the ground and the bright light shone on him. But again, it came out of the revelation of Christ that he had the faith that he had, belief that he had, and the power that he had. So if if you want this in your life, you say, well, Dale, I need that, but I'm not the apostle Paul or whoever you think is great. Well, that's not a problem. It's not about the person. It's about Christ. And so I will say to you, the greatest key you've got in your life is hunger. 
if you're hungry for him and hungry for his presence, you say, well, I don't have the opportunities. I can't travel to the big crusades or seminars. I don't have money to buy seminars. I got you. I got you. But here's the deal. Are you hungry? Because Jesus said it's the hungry and thirsty that get filled. And so if you're hungry for him and you pursue him, he will reveal himself to you. Amen. Now, you got to be... You got to open your heart toward this because it's not that God won't shine on you who he is, but the, but to the degree of which your heart is open is how you embrace that. That's why, if, like when he raised Lazarus from the grave, it, it, there were a lot of people that saw that and said, wow. I and he said to Mary, he said, if you, if, if, or, uh, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. All right. Now, the fact is, is the glory was going to happen whether Martha and Mary believed or not, but they wouldn't see it if they didn't believe it. Because there are others that saw the same thing they saw, and they went back and reported to the Jews, look what he did. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. If you understand biblical history, that's when they said, we got to get rid of this guy. We've got to crucify him. He's got to go. He's just got. Mm -hmm. So they all saw the same thing. Lazarus coming out of the grave, but only some saw the glory. Mm -hmm. If you're hungry for him, he will show himself to you as he truly is. Your life will be transformed. There will be an there will be an artesian well of faith rising up within you. Not one that you had to pump up, but one that flows up because he is manifesting himself to you. And the, can I use the word, the force of his presence. Mm. Oh, wow. Can I say that again? The mm. force of his presence will birth in you. It will break past your fears and your doubt and your unbelief and your questions. And it will bring forth you a healthy picture of the almighty God. And when you have that, you'll walk out of that moment transformed. And then what you do is you practice this and you move from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And so I know you'll close it off properly in the end, but may I pray for our listeners right now? Yes, please. And say, I, I pray for you in this key way that your heart would open to the fullness of him who is all in and all, and that the light of Christ shine upon you, and that you'll not be satisfied with a substitute, but you'll hunger for that which is real, and you'll continue and press through every time, all the way, every day of this life and unto the day in which this mortal puts on immortality. Will you now, in Jesus' name, be filled with the revelation of the wonder of Christ Jesus? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And, 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 amen. And, and, and brother Steve, if in our next broadcast, I would like to, I would like to talk about uh, how that happens in an individual's life, how they come to that moment of experience. Yeah, praise Christ God. We're going to do way. that. So uh, everybody who has been blessed from this episode, you get ready. We're going to be doing part two uh, to continue this conversation with Dale Everett um, of Dale Everett Ministries. Guys, I want you to know that you can uh, find Dale on the internet. Can you tell them the website name, uh, Brother Dale, for how they can find out more about your ministry? Sure. There's two main sites I can go to. Obviously, we're all over the place. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube. But my website is my first and last name dot org, daleeverett.org. That's D-A-L-E-E-V-E-R-E-T-T. -E -E and another way that they can get uh, like in-depth teaching of what we do uh, is at, uh, at our, our mentoring center, which we call uh, the Dale Everett Vault. All right. So it'd be just Dale Everett Vault. Dot com And there they'd come where they see uh, hundreds and hundreds of messages and video teachings and such like that as well. 
Yes, don't don't delay, guys. Um, Dale is a wealth of knowledge. We're only highlighting some of the gems about faith today, but go to his vault. There's over 150 messages. You can do it in your own pace. It is really worth checking out. I myself where it was on the site today and just uh, getting excited about what I was seeing, and I know that it's going to be a blessing for you. You know, guys, we're all in this together. We're here to uh, have iron sharpen iron, and and uh, again, my name is uh, Steve Hannett of the Gospel Mission Network and uh, with Dale Everett of Dale Everett Ministries, and this is the Be Healed Podcast. Uh, guys, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, if you have um, testimonies, if you have topics that you'd like us to cover, um, and also for a free gift, um, we encourage you to uh, send the word healing in a text to 94000, and you can become part of the Be Healed online community. Uh, Dale, thank you so much again for being with us, and we look forward to... Uh, Uh, part two to bring more of this great content to everybody in listening audience. Thank you for listening to the Behold podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website, you can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of the Gospel Mission Network, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, Simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.